0: Hello beautiful souls, welcome to the Liberated Woman podcast. I'm your host Shani, I'm a rebirthing breathwork facilitator, ancestral healer and spiritual guide and it's my life's mission to support women just like you on your path to spiritual awakening and feel safe in doing so. This podcast is for you to awaken your feminine energy, elevate your consciousness and reclaim the truth of who you really are. If you know that you are ready for more and want to stop playing small and take radical responsibility for your healing, expansion and liberation so that you can live your life in your highest pleasure, you've come to the right space. Each episode, you will receive a deepening of your feminine wisdom so that you can be reminded of the magic and power that already lives in you. Let's dive in. I am so excited for all the incredible women that have said a huge heaven yes to joining us this Saturday at the Awaken Your Inner Goddess event. This is an event that I have created and channeled through my womb, through my heart to create a space for women to feel wildly liberated. When you come into the temple space, you'll be greeted with a mocktail. You can browse into the goddess market upstairs, pamper yourself with a massage and then come and experience a full immersive day with ceremony, breathwork yoga flow and ecstatic dance to wildly liberate yourself. This is one of the most special events that I've ever created and put out there. And every time women come, they express how liberated they feel at the end, full of life, full of connection, deepening to their bodies, to each other, to their voice, to their expression, and to parts of themselves that they have been hiding away and avoiding by bringing that up to the surface and having it held in a safe and contained space. So I cannot wait to welcome them in and I cannot wait to welcome you in. This is the last event of this kind that I'm going to be running for a while before I head off on a big adventure. So if you are around and feel that you want to come and experience the magic, come and join us on Saturday the 25th at Norwich Yoga Central for a wild and liberated time. You can book your tickets via the link in the show notes. Let's crack on with the podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Liberated Women podcast. I'm so excited because today I am joined by a beautiful guest, Who I met this year at several festivals, I believe, that went to one of her workshops at Medicine Festival. So today I have with me Samantha Rose. She is a sacred storyteller, ceremonial guide, and has been a storyteller from a young age, um, receiving magic and story passed down from her mother and her great grandmother, beautiful feminine lineage coming through there. And she's performed professionally for the last nine years at festivals, in classrooms, boardrooms, on stages, and around fires which is where I think I probably met you the first time around. I think it was at Love Jam last year, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Samantha is deeply passionate about receiving and sharing the stories of the earth. And today we're just going to have a conversation about, you know, creative expression and why storytelling is so sacred and why sharing stories is so important and where it's come from. So I'm really excited for you to be here today, Samantha. Thank
1: you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yay! Um, We planned this a long time ago and we're finally here on an autumn blustery day, raining outside. So just share with me and the listeners, you know, how you started on this journey to becoming a sacred storyteller.
1: Mm. Uh, I feel it started way back when I was little and my mum would tell these incredible spontaneous stories that she would make up Uh, when we were camping or in nature or before bed and would take my sister and I and all the other children that were there wherever we were into these whole different imaginal realms. And the stories felt so alive and it was so exciting. And I always wondered why my mom had so many children around her that wanted to hear what she had to say. And so I think that that was the first, it was a formative experience of really being taken into the magical world of stories and being escorted and transported to other places. And, um, as I grew up, I was very interested in theatre and expression. Um, but it wasn't until I was in Australia, um, many years ago, maybe like nine or 10 years ago now. And I guided a group on this interactive theatrical experience in nature. It was a walking story, basically, but I had no idea that's what I was doing at the time. And I took about 50 people on this immersive storytelling journey in the Australian bush. And alongside it, we had to practice, you know, different rituals and um alongside the characters of the story. And It was at the very end of that experience um, when the story came to a close and it was on New Year's Eve and we were all tying our intentions on on this beautiful um, gum tree. And I had so many people coming up and saying, what was that? You know, what did we just do? That was incredible. And I felt like in a way I stepped into the thing that my mum had offered me when I was little and I didn't even know what it was. And I, I made a decision at that point because it felt so right and so inspiring and so unbelievably magical. I said, what is this craft? What is this thing? And it was then that I started discovering and exploring storytelling more and There's not a huge community in Australia. There really isn't. But I went to the Sydney International Conference of Storytelling shortly after and dove straight in and got on the board for the next year and just went to all of the workshops and then found as many different spaces as I possibly could to share. It was like there was this force in me that was somehow unstoppable that just wanted to practice. And so I went to kids rewilding camps and was around the fires with them standing up and, and trialing out these big stories where I was getting people involved as well. They were interactive. They were fun. I was finding and seeking out open mic nights just to give myself the experience to play with it really, and develop this language, this craft that I didn't really even know what it was. Um, But it was a, a vision quest that I sat in in 2018, where the questions that I brought in with what are my unique gifts and skills and talents? And how can I bridge this into the world? How can I be of service with these things? And it became evidently clear that storytelling and ceremony were at the fore. And that's when I decided to move to the UK and come and study with Martin Shaw and learn from Some pretty incredible teachers. There's a lot of storytelling teachers over here and a lot of storytellers. So, this was to me the hub of where I wanted to come and learn. Six months turned into four years, and the land has wrapped its big arms around me. And I feel the ancestors as well. It's like as soon as I arrived on this land, within the first month, my dreams, it was like someone had turned a tap on in my imagination. And stories were just pouring through and I almost couldn't stop. I just had journal after journal and I... I even remember being in, um, the spare room in the house that I was living in, the first house in England. And I had butcher's paper all over the walls and one on each walls for the different stories. And I was just trying to map out all of these images and ideas and visions and messages that I was getting. It was like, it was like being a little investigator. You know, it was very exciting. It was just like, you know, what, what is all of this meaning? And what are the messages and how do I communicate them? So yeah, I was in my own little world, my own little magical world. And then I said, okay, well, it's now time for me to start sharing. And so that's that's how I really began, you know. I, I feel like I just kind of told you the progression of, of my journey quickly in a nutshell, but, yeah, it was really from an, a natural impulse, a creative impulse and a, a desire to want to somehow bridge that into the world that that's where it really began. Yeah, Yeah,
0: love that because I also come – From a uh, kind of a theatrical background, having been a drama teacher, performing arts teacher for so many years and storytelling, I know it's like the thing that the students love the most when you're in that space. And when Mm -hmm. you can create, um, you know, lessons based around characters that they get attached to and what happens to them next and the stories and using that imaginal realm, like even kids of you know age 13 14 where they're starting to kind of detach from their imagination and be prepped for this kind of data driven you know exam factory like when they come to that classroom they're still there they still want to be a part of that imagination even though it might seem a little bit uncool at that space it's still the point where they love it and and adults we see like adults absolutely love being immersed in stories as well you know just from from films and theater and um being taken back to that like you said that kind of childlike wonder that you that you shared you know when your mom would share those stories and Mm -hmm. even even now as an adult I remember my favorite stories as a child and I can still recite them off by heart because that's how much they touched me as a child Mm -hmm. and I think you know this idea of bridging the world and and using your you know having your desires and your gifts like you you, that came so clearly to you through your vision quest um And then bringing that out into the world, I think is the thing that a lot of people want to do. Like they have these gifts and they have these ideas. And I think a lot of women, especially, they're such creatrixes, they're such creative forces. We are the creator, we create all the time. And yet not everybody gets to birth their creations into the world and bring them into form and use that alchemy to bridge the gap because there's fear in the way or there's shame or judgment or um, anxiety or whatever it is that that stops women from bridging that. And I guess that is part of this storytelling and this creative expression and being able to share share your stories, you know, and I was just saying to you before we got on this call that you know, I was at an event this morning with um, other women, um, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and there were women there that, that started to share things and they said, oh, I wasn't going to share this today, but it's, it's just coming through me. And actually, when they shared and then when they let tears flow and other things come through and express that, then other women were like, oh, yeah, me too. Oh, I had a similar experience. Oh, yeah, I resonate with that. And so sharing our stories actually gives permission, doesn't it, for other other women to share their stories and liberate their voices and their creative expression. So it's really cool that we come from that similar background and ceremony and storytelling is is so important. And I see it happening in my women's circles all the time where we bridge that ceremony and that storytelling or that sharing in the space. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about, um, yeah, the ceremonial aspect of your storytelling and how how that then helps other people maybe to get into their creative expression
1: mm. you touched on so many really important points um, ceremony the the feeling my one of my teachers, Martin Shaw, he said that actually storytelling is a ritual, and inherent in a story is a ceremony, and I just love that that a story in itself actually takes someone on a journey and brings them back again. And in that process, you separate from the ordinary reality and there's some kind of transformation or lesson or change that happens in that journey that touches the person listening and then they come back changed from the experience. Uh, and and so actually just within a story is a ceremony. And I think my love of connection with le- with nature, with the land um, and with self and with a deepening understanding of who we truly are Uh, And moving the blocks in the way meant that it felt very natural to marry the two. And so actually opening up spaces of ceremony where there are stories shared for that moment. And the way that I uniquely work with story is that I will write a story for a particular event. And I feel strange even saying, write. somehow there's something that moves through me. There's a creative um, energy that will collaborate with me. And that is how I like to view and experience it because it feels like it's a collaboration. It's a partnership.
0: Like you're like a vessel that it kind of channels through like there's something higher or or kind of bigger than you that wants to use you. I mean that's kind of like your unique gift like you were gifted the gift of being the vessel to bring these stories into form and then share them with the world. And I think What's really interesting and I, I really believe this and that, you know, words, words hold so much power. And when we look at etymology of words and the meaning of words and how we use our words to cast spells, and when we're spelling and we're manifesting, because we're we're literally taking those words, turning them into form, and then those forms become our reality and it changes the energy in the space. You know, Sweet. and you can literally say the same group of words in different tones and it has a whole it takes on a whole new meaning in the space in a different context. But actually, you know, when we learn to to use those words as spells and cast and co-create that reality, it's kind of like, wow, there's so much magic in that.
1: Mm-hmm. And we
0: don't even realize the spells that we've been put under with other people's words.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: so when you can like channel through words for an event that you feel oh wow like this is really good I know this is going to be really potent and powerful for those particular people at this particular time those Mm -hmm. people need to hear your spells because it will stir something in them and create some kind of alchemy within them and that's the magic
1: for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) as I feel it they put and I think what I want to say as well is that This is something that I've been deepening and practicing like a muscle you know, over many, many years now. But I truly believe that if someone feels called to it and there's a desire to show up for this, this is something that anybody can strengthen. And it's something that I refer to as the creative wellspring that lives within each of us. We have this bubbling up infinite source of information and inspiration that at any point we can turn to and drink from. Many of us because of the stories that we were told when we were younger have forgotten that or feel like we are not good at that or we are unable to access that and that's where the work comes in to release and clear the blocks that are in the way of that wellspring because it doesn't everyone has that it's just part it's our birthright and I think that women especially just through our the portals of our wounds and our ability to create life. It's, it, to me, it's so potent. Um, so, so it is that like, yes, i I've, I've deepened into this and it's been my calling. Absolutely. And those people that feel drawn to it, like, do it, you know exercise the muscle and so there's a few principles that I'll just kind of list because I feel like it's it's the sacred storytelling principles that I've come to understand which marry you know this ceremonial approach this way of being in relationship to something greater than yourself and the first one is care care for self care for each other care for the listener care for the story itself and the second one is respect. If we are having a relationship with something that is more than human, something, a creative channel, our wellspring, whoever you relate to and talk to, how do we show up? What kind of relationship and one built on respect feels like there's just instantly so much more compatibility there. Um, responsibility, which is what you were talking about before is the third principle. You know, what are we spelling? As sacred storytellers, as orators, as expressive artists, what are we choosing to share? And the power of planting those kinds of images with feelings and prayers into people's minds and hearts because they grow like seeds. And you can say we see that in the opposite way in so much of the mainstream media. You know what are it the stories? Is
0: thinking of it as you said, being
1: out. Code, right? That aren't that yeah. aren't actually responsible at all. And what is that catalyzing in the imaginations and the hearts and then the actions of people? So remembering we have an incredible responsibility as spoken word artists, and that is really exciting as well. Um, the fourth is intention. And this is a huge catalyst for this work. I feel like if if someone was just to go away with that, it's like, what is the intention that you're holding for what you want to share? And then that's the imagery and the messages and the visions that come drawn, like streaming forth, attracted to that particular intention. So I'll often tell stories that support healing. That just to me is, you know, and I often get stories with lots of water or old women or shamans, you know, these images that just come magnetized to our intentions So that's really important too, and a huge part of the ceremonial aspect of this work. And then the final, well, the final principle that has kind of come to the fore in the work that I've been doing is inspiration. You know, how do we, how do you, how do all of us follow that small voice, the excited voice, the one that's like, oh, do that, that's magical, or I'm really curious about that, or I'm interested in that, or, you know, when you're going through the day and something just lights you up. And likewise, following that with our imagination, not telling stories because we think other people would like it, or we should do it. Listening to the voice within us that is like, go there, go there. You know, that's really exciting and following that. And I think that builds a real uh, sense of inner trust with our own expression and the conversation with ourselves. So just wanted to share those principles. I feel like they're really helpful to remember when we're engaging in this kind of work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think um you know women having the permission when you share your story and you do think about the words that you're sharing and the resonance because like sound has resonance right so when we're like oh i really resonate with your story i resonate with what you're saying it's because there is resonance in the vibration and the frequency of the sound that you're yeah. creating through the power of your words
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so when you say it with intention or you say it with care or with respect using those principles it's not the same as you know, saying it without those things because obviously then the resonance has a whole different frequency and vibration, and the other person receives it in a whole other way. Yeah, and exactly. might be like oh, that's actually offended me, as opposed to I'm resonating with your story, um, <clears throat> or I'm being triggered by it, which is totally okay too. Like it's good that we're triggering people in 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 a, in a way that they can then expand and grow. Um, but if mm-hmm. we came in with the intention of like, I came in with the intention to show you there's another way, or I came in with the intention to, um yeah expand your mind then then we came in with the right intention. The other person will receive that in the way that they're meant to receive that based on the stories that they've been told and they tell themselves and I think it's like you know the the first principle you mentioned about care or like self care i just i was thinking as you were speaking that like a lot of women and it, it- from this morning when I was in this in this um event that I went to, I was thinking about it too. It's like the stories that women tell themselves. Like there was one woman that shared a story that um, she'd been employed by a friend to help grow her business. And then all of a sudden the friend that was one minute promising her a raise five days later said, "I, I don't want you to work for me anymore. And this woman was taking it so personally and we were kind of trying to, you know, support her and say like, this is more about the other person than about you. And she was very stuck in the story that it was all about her And of course, she has to kind of work through that. But the more we tell ourselves those stories, the more we believe the stories and start to believe the stories and the narratives that we tell ourselves and stories and the narratives that other people tell us if we are not kind of aware of the intention behind them and the resonance behind them. And so I think that's a really interesting point because when it comes to creative expression, if we're telling ourselves the story of, for example, this this same woman said said that she was taking it personally because she feels like she's too much. And it's like, no, you're not too much. Like she's overwhelmed by your too muchness because that's her response to it. But your too muchness is not too much. Like, and therefore, if you're telling yourself the story, well, I'm too much, therefore I have to shrink or I have to dim myself and that therefore I'm not good enough and I'm taking it personally. Those stories that you tell yourself don't then allow you to alchemize that into like, well, my too muchness is going to be amazing for the right people. Like my too muchness is not enough for some people. <laughs> and so with with women, I think, especially like we've been told we can't, we've been told that we're not, you know, we need to be a certain way or fit into a certain box. And and then of course there's all the silencing and the oppression and, you know, things I speak about a lot around women's liberation. I think that's where a lot of people come up against those blocks of creative expression. Or, you know, even with my partner, like he's so talented in so many areas. But for him, he's like, well, I've been spiritually shamed all my life by my family. So I'm scared to like, yeah, same, I made that face too. (laughs) His father just made like a really sad face. I'm like, yeah. So (laughs) In a way, he's like, oh I don't really want to share my light language online because people are going to think I'm mental like my nan's going to make a comment or my mum's going to make a comment and it's like and like and if they do that's their trigger not yours like you have a gift like you can sing you sing beautifully you channel songs beautifully you're an incredible shaman but you're scared to what other people are going to say and then you keep telling yourself this story that it's like people are going to judge me because you were judged yeah and then it stops your creative expression. So I guess obviously it happens for men too. I know we're focusing on women here, but it 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 kind of ripples through the collective, doesn't it? In a way,
1: I think one of the key words that you spoke earlier in the call that feels like absolute antidote to exactly what you're talking about is permission. Mm. How do we give ourselves permission? And I think a lot on this path is continuously giving myself permission. And so that is the gift that you know, if I could give one gift from this call, it would be give yourself permission, give yourself permission to take up the space and to share what's really important to you and to share what's alive in your heart. And often it's as simple as that. We haven't given ourselves permission because maybe it wasn't given to us when we were little. And so it's, it's a, it's a, like a, a really big liberating moment where we're like, I'm just going to do it because that feels good and true and alive in my heart. And what I've learned again and again and again through a lot of programs of helping people to do exactly this and guiding people on these journeys to meet the parts that are keeping them small and stuck and then stepping through that um, is realizing that actually on the other side of that, we each have a very unique medicine. You could call it frequency or a transmission or something in the words where being good enough doesn't even come into it and being smart enough doesn't even come into it. It's like What uniquely comes from your heart through your words, through your actions and transmits directly to me is something that somehow my soul, my body, my heart really needed to hear. And I see it time and time and time and time again. And that breakthrough of like, Oh, it just feels so good to share. It's like, yes, it does. How natural is this that we express ourselves, that we're free, that we feel clear, that we're authentic, that we feel powerful in that just simply being able to say what's really alive in our heart? That in itself. And so it's interesting because yes, I'm on this storytelling path, but the poetry and the free self-expression just to just allow something to come through your mouth that feels true, feels at the heart of it. And when we can do that, and when other people do that, we are giving each other such a gift. Such a gift. Each other gifts. And so that's it. It's like, how do we give ourselves permission to, to share? Because it is a gift. We're not, maybe it is too much for somebody. And I know that, you know, you're speaking about your boyfriend sharing online. It's like, probably my family and my friends who I grew up with think that it's really a bit woo woo and a bit nuts. But to me, it's like, this is important and I've got to keep doing it. And, and so some, you know, some people aren't going to get it and that's okay. It's like, we don't ever, we're never going to be able to control what someone else thinks about our work, whether we think they really like it or they don't. And what if that wasn't the point? What if it was this love of collaborating with an energy that just feels so good and so natural and wants to come through us and the pure joy of letting our expression move out into the world, which is so healthy. It's like, it's good for us. You know, it's so when and I don't, other do people. It,
0: it's good for other us. people.
1: So when, when, when I don't know about you, but when I don't dance or move and my body starts to get tense or I start to get really in my head and then I just go out and I'll sing or I'll speak aloud or I'll, and it's almost like, oh, thank goodness I did that. <laughs> thank yeah. goodness I did that. Like, whoa, it's a good reminder, you know, what are the creative practices that, like, stoke your fire, that help you feel more free and alive? Yeah. yeah 100%. I,
0: yeah. And I keep, like, this quote keeps coming through in my head. It's um, Maya Angelou, you know, beautiful writer who, who shared so much of her own story you know, being a woman of color in a time of segregation, where it's like hard enough being a woman, and then it's hard enough being a woman of color, and then it's like trying to actually then convince people that you are worth something and that you're educated, that you could you could be educated and you can be intelligent. And like in her book, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, um, she she has a quote that's like something along the lines of um, "There's no greater agony than a story untold," and if yes. that story sits inside of you and yes. it's Like I just shared an episode on my podcast um, this week that I just released about my recent trip to Jordan that I had booked for a while uh, before the conflict broke out in the Middle East. And because I'm Jewish and half Israeli, like there was a fear around me going to the Middle East and everyone else was telling me not to go. And I, I was like, no, I trust that I'm meant to be there. I'm meant to be on those lands. I'm meant to do some healing. There's a reason I'm being called here at this time. And there was a little fear in me of like, I can't really share my identity. And I didn't, I just kept saying I'm from England, even though I find it ironic that England are the ones that created all the mess over there in the first place. <laughs> and it's just like knowing what I know and knowing the kind of deeper thread of what's happening underneath the surface, but then having to remain silent for 10 days because I I was, I'll be honest, like I was scared that if I shared my identity, I would be persecuted And it was coming up to Salway and I was like, okay, there's the witch wound, there's the persecution, there's my lineage, there's my ancestry, I'm here to do some healing. But I kept like that part of my identity shut down for 10 days. And it felt like I said it in my podcast, it felt like carrying around a dirty little secret inside of me and it felt icky and it didn't feel good. And if I could have had the courage to actually share my real identity, knowing like potentially that I could have been persecuted for it or at least like yeah I mean I was there really on my own I didn't really have anyone else around me so there was a there was a fear there was a fear and and that it really brought up a lot for me because I was like well how many people have hid their stories and hid their identities and you know and how many people in my personal lineage like in my in my Jewish lineage have had to hide their identities and change their names and change themselves in order to not get persecuted and it's the same for many other lineages too and actually like there's so much magic and beauty in your ancestry and in your lineage and I I really it it was like this internal conflict I was having inside whilst across the border there wasn't this external conflict like manifesting and it was such an interesting experience and I and I was scared to share the story and I really wanted to share about my time in Jordan online and then I was like wow what if my family think I'm a traitor and got family just across the border and I'm here and it just felt like this whole messy kind of secret that I was carrying. And, and, and it was that agony. Like it, I felt it, I really felt it inside and and it took me about three weeks to get the courage to share it and kind of go, well, if my family think I'm nuts and they think I'm now, well, okay, what can I do? Like, yeah, that's my story, my journey, I'm different to everybody in my family and that's the story that I choose to live. And mm liberating the story out loud was scary but also really freeing so i think like when we hold those stories inside it is agony because like me sharing that story will hopefully liberate someone else's story or be like oh yeah i also feel some shame around that or oh yeah i've also hidden my identity and even today someone messaged me and said because i shared it with someone and i was messaging them and they said oh i think i've got jewish heritage but they changed the names and there's been all this hidden identity. And I was like, yeah, Mm. we're in hiding. Like Mm. I've been in hiding, you know? And it's that like the crossing the threshold from being in hiding to being like, no, this is who I am. You either love my energy for who I am, not because of, you know, a government that's doing things that I don't agree with out Mm. there. It's not part of me. Yeah. you have to separate the two things and it's really difficult. And there's a lot of shame coming up and guilt and, like ickiness inside but it's like these are the stories and we see those stories and those narratives playing out and the division that these words can create in people and what we're what we're we're using storytelling for what you're using storytelling for and what I'm doing with my clients and my women is is bringing those words in back into like to allow people to come back into wholeness not into division because it's so easy to divide people with words. I said, we said those words have power. They cast spells. So you either cast spells that are magical and alchemical in a good way, or you use those words to cast spells that are dark and dangerous and cause people to divide and isolate them. And so it's so, I feel like words just hold so much power um, and prayer and intention and ceremony it holds so much power there's real magic in the resonance of what we share so um that, that's why I'm really like excited by this topic that we're talking about because I think
1: absolutely
0: it kind of bleeds into every part of our reality
1: I'd um I'd love just to add on to what you're saying about like sharing your story and having it be heard and you know we're talking about give yourself permission and just speak you, you know do the thing that you've got to do and I think that there's a there's a caveat here right because Actually, we are precious and the, the part of us that really wants to share is, is connected to and maybe our inner child. <laughs> maybe it's a very vulnerable, creative, expressive, playful, magical part. And how do we take care of that? rather than just going for it, like you considered a lot in your process of how am I going to share it? Is it going to be right? What's the impact? And then like, okay, it is right. I'm going to put it out there, which sounds really healthy. And so that's what I suggest to the people that I work with is like, what are the safe places for you to build your confidence to be able to stretch out into so that you're received by um, people that are accepting and supportive of you and what it is that you're bringing, especially in the early days, you know, and this is how I built my confidence up too, because a lot of us were shut down when we were little, we're told we couldn't do it. We shouldn't do it. It's not good enough, whatever. So it's like, how do we build those healthy containers around ourselves where we are now with simply inviting a friend over for a cup of tea and saying, can I share something with you? And having a moment to do that or going to, you know, if you're a a few steps ahead and you want to go to an open mic night just with a small group of people, and that feels like the next stage. So it's, You know, how do we create those containers of holding so that we can safely expand so that we don't get completely shut down again? Absolutely. And that's really important.
0: I think that's about also, you know, I was saying this to my partner yesterday. I was like, you know, it just takes these small increments to allow your nervous system to hold the capacity for the next evolution. So it's like, you know, he's committed to going live online once a week and he's Mm -hmm. like sticking to that commitment. I'm like, okay, well, you're going to build muscle memory and your body's going to start to feel safe to do that. And whoever needs to receive your words will receive your words. And you don't even have to do it to like attract people. in. you're just sharing because it feels good to share. You're doing it for yourself. And then whoever is meant to meet, receive your medicine will receive your medicine until you get the confidence to start thinking like, what, what is it that people might want to hear? And then I can maybe shift that. But my muscle memory feels strong enough to do that now. Like my nervous system feels OK. And it's like, OK, exactly as you said, where can I go next? Can I share it around a fire? Can I share it? with my family can I share it with a bigger community can I can I can I can I can I I? and then it just becomes bigger and bigger and that expression becomes safer because you've you've kind of expanded your capacity within your nervous system to hold the the potential outcome of what you're sharing knowing that you can hold that safely so like with what you just mentioned you know with the story that I just shared like I journaled on it I spoke to my partner about it. I mentioned it to a couple of friends. Then I mentioned it to my mom, who I was like didn't really want to share it with to begin with. And then and then I started to kind of like, the more I shared it, the more I was like, okay, well no, this is a real thing. Like, yeah, of course I could be scared. Like, I've been persecuted in this lifetime, in the past, in my past. I've had anti-Semitic comments made to me. I've had someone arrested for it. Like this is a real lived experience for me. But I also want to honor and respect, like, what's going on. I want to honor and respect my inner conflict. And I think, like, that's been a big shadow that's that's been released to everyone of, like, okay, well, can we sit with our inner conflicts? And then how can we express that? And it's okay if somebody gets triggered by it, if we can then hold the capacity for that. So it's like, and the reason that most people are scared to share their creative expression is because of judgment and fear. Those are, yeah. the, I guess, the two main reasons why people then wouldn't share right so so the more that we can kind of attune our nervous system to being able to hold the capacity and then the responsibility of what it means to potentially have someone come back at us you know the more for example the more followers quote unquote I really don't like that word followers online I think it's the more people in your community online let's say the more potential you have for people to start commenting on things that you say and they might not agree with everything and you're going to have to find a way to hold that when mm-hmm. that happens because mm-hmm. we're not always going to have like love and adoration and that's not really what we're here for anyway so it's i think it's that it's that yeah it's the capacity isn't it for holding the responsibility
1: and i i've noticed what's helped me in that and people i've worked with in that is not seeking that outside yourself mm-hmm. Is how do we resource ourselves with the parts that genuinely care, love, support us, and meet the parts that are scared for whatever reason of the judgment. And it's not belittling that as, like, oh, I should just get over it. It's like, no, there was a real valid reason why, for whatever reason, that part shut down. So it's going either, I mean, for me, it's really helped to be held in that kind of space and to hold others. Is how do we meet those parts within ourselves that really need that holding where our nervous system freaks out? Um, to meet them with with what they need, you know, whether that's simply a hug or to be told that it's okay, or a real strong figure within to just say, I've got you now, you can share, it's safe. And often it's quite simple, but we haven't been taught or learned how to hold ourself first. And when that becomes stronger, it's like our inner architecture becomes stronger. It's like suddenly I'm safer within myself because I've got myself And so if something comes from the outside, it it can't touch me as much because my validation isn't coming as much from outside. And I still catch myself when I'm like really wanting to be liked by something or someone and then it doesn't come back or they don't like it. And it's like, ouch, that hurts. And it's like, okay, how much of me was actually invested in what that person thought of me? quite a bit in that case okay it's a good <laughs> indicator now how do i love myself and how do i show up for myself you know i'm experiencing that today to be honest just how do i hold myself and love myself and tell myself it's okay with the situation that's just come up and, and so i feel like that's ongoing isn't it we're constantly working it's like every day it's every day it's relationship with ourselves is every day and cycling back to ceremony that's where ceremony comes in you know especially accompanied by story it's like what parts of us need to be loved what parts of us do we want to embody more what parts do we want to release and let go of and ceremony and rituals and ritual action hold such power and ritual creativity holds such power to transmute and transform um so i feel like it circles it's almost like a an infinity loop isn't it like we express the, we put out into the world, we get something back, we have to process it, we use creativity to support our healing and we express again. And it's like, and we just keep growing and expanding. And um, yeah, if it's just almost like keep showing up. You know, I think that's what's helped me over the years. It's just continuously showing up. And sometimes it feels really hard and sometimes I've got to retreat. And then I'm like, what's really important? What am I committed to? And then taking the next steps from there. But I think like you're saying, just practicing showing up feels like, one of the most important tools on this path
0: absolutely absolutely so there's one question that I always like to ask my podcast guests so I'm going to ask you too and that is what does being a liberated woman mean to you
1: loving myself so deeply and truly and being truly authentic in my expression and unencumbered and unfiltered and without inhibition to be myself in every moment.
0: Beautiful. I love that. Aho, aho. I, I mm-hmm. may all women feel that in their lifetimes, this mm-hmm. lifetime, in past mm-hmm. lifetimes and in all future lifetimes, may we all feel that sense of freedom and liberation to really just be in the truth of who we are and express that into the world. Thank you so much Samantha there if you want to know more about Samantha's work you can find all the information in the show notes I've put her website and her Instagram in there so you can connect with her if you wish to um you can often find her um traveling around doing beautiful storytelling events I went to a workshop of hers at Medicine Festival and I know that you'll be doing more workshops um I guess in the UK and probably abroad and in other places. So, um, if you are interested in in more of Samantha's work or connecting with her, please feel free to reach out to her. Thank you so 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 much.
1: Mm, thank you too. Thank you for having me. Mm.
0: Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Liberated Woman Podcast. I hope this episode has landed in your heart and activated and awakened you in some way. If you enjoyed this please subscribe and leave a review this really helps more awakening women on their spiritual path to reach out and gives them a safe space to drop in and feel connected and empowered i'd love to connect with you over on my ig at underscore shani bella and in my facebook group the divine school of feminine awakening until then have a magical day